Welcome to Basics in Basketball, where we help a beginning player or coach by talking about the fundamentals of basketball bi-weekly on this podcast. Our goal is to help those new to basketball build a strong foundation to advance their skill and knowledge. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on any podcast app. Thank you. Hi, I'm Coach Sadler. Welcome to Basics in Basketball, where athletes get smarter. I have been a coach for more than 20 years. I have a Master's of Science degree in psychology with a specialization in sports psychology. I am an assistant coach at a university, a USA Basketball Gold licensed coach, as well as a varsity youth basketball coach in the summer. I'm excited to do this podcast because I want to help athletes new to basketball gain skills and knowledge that can impact their ability to contribute to a team in the future. Coaches who are new to the sport can also use the information provided in this podcast to help grow their skills and knowledge. My goal is to share information that is easy to understand, that is relatable and achievable. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for episode 17 of Basics in Basketball. I really appreciate you spending a few moments of your time with me. For those joining us for the first time, I like to give a brief recap of the topics that have been covered. I encourage you to listen to the previous episodes in their entirety. I truly believe you will benefit from the information provided. Now for the recap. In the first episode, we talked about goal setting, the importance of setting a goal, a timeline for completing a goal, and how to accomplish the goal. In the second episode, we discussed visualization and how using this mental technique can be used to help you become a better basketball player, visualize, believe, practice, and perform. In the third episode, we focused on internal and external motivation, and how these, motiva- how these motivators impact your desire and drive to play basketball. In episode four, we discussed planning your basketball workout. We reviewed four habits and skills that need to be included in your daily workouts to maximize your opportunity to receive playing time, which are conditioning and warming up, ball handling, defense, and rebound. And most importantly, we stress to always have fun, even when the work is hard. In episode five, we talked about three keys to mental toughness, which are positive self-talk, being self-confident, and being comfortable and relaxed in your ability to perform the basketball skills you have learned. In episode six, I provided seven tips on how to be a great teammate, which are to be in top physical condition, 
to learn, understand, and live up to the expectations of the team, to not be concerned with what another player is doing, good or bad, to play within your capabilities, to respect all of your coaches and teammates, to keep a journal, a video, audio, written, or you can use all three. And then finally, tip number seven, catch the basketball, have good hands. In episode seven, we talked about the importance of of communication. As expressed by Coach K, Duke University men's basketball coach, effective teamwork begins and ends with communication. I also provided a 30-day action plan to help you become an effective communicator on the basketball court. In episode eight, we talked about overcoming adversity by controlling the things that you can control, your attitude, your work ethic, your actions, yourself. In episode nine, we discussed game management and the importance of your ability to control a game. You always want to know the time, score, and situation, see the entire floor, put teammates in a position to be successful, to not overpass the basketball, to stay in good defensive position, and to compete to win every battle. In episode 10, we talked about loving the process, which I define as the work you need to put in to master the skills of basketball. You have to give 100%, not just to the basketball drills you like, but to the drills you do not like as well. In episode 11, we focused on working smarter, not just harder. Working smarter requires discipline, uncomfortableness, and an openness to change. It means listening to instruction that it that you know is good that is good for that you know is good for you. And we also talked about the importance of taking a day off to relax and rest and to have fun. In episode 12, I asked, how do you define success? Remember, the team must come first. Let your teammates help you succeed. Do not focus on scoring points to the detriment of the team. And learn to define your own success and to live up to your own expectations. In episode 13, we talked about being coachable and holding yourself accountable, which means to be open to learning new ways of doing things. Do not question every instruction or create excuses for why you cannot or will not do something. To soak up all the information you can and that the coach of your team must be the only coach you are attentive to, period, without question. Always include the word we when you ask your teammates to do something. For example, we need to play better defense. And accountability means doing the little extra things to succeed. In episode 14, we discussed competence. Confidence comes from doing. Confidence is a critical mental skill needed to master basketball and life skills. Now, having confidence does not mean you will not make mistakes or fail. 
It means that you have the belief in yourself to try and not to give up. In episode 15, we discussed performance nervousness. Remember, it's natural to get butterflies, but you want to take, you want to stay calm, take deep breaths, visualize success, keep a positive mindset, care about the outcomes in practice, treat practice like a real game, and be competitive. Finally, in episode 16, we talked about being a two-way player. You want to compete on the offense and the defensive ends of the floor. Play until the whistle is blown and play is stopped. Do not be a half-court player. Also, focus and understand what your team is trying to achieve. Now, before we start today's topic, I want to be clear that your coach may have different strategies and perspectives than I do. As previously discussed, always listen to your coach. What I am providing in our podcast is my perspective based on my 20 years of coaching experience and how my experience can benefit you. The information I provide is not intended to circumvent what you've learned from others, but to complement and grow your skills and knowledge. So let's get to it. Today, we're going to focus on 13 game situations. So get your basketball journals ready and let's go. Situation number one, the number one basketball rule you need to understand when you walk out on the basketball court is that the basketball officials are in charge. He or she has input in the game. I know some would argue with this perspective and I respect their point of view. But in my view, as much as I may not like it, Rightly or wrongly, officials have a say. Now, what does, that, what does this mean for you? It means you may need to adjust the way you are playing in the game to the way the officials are calling the game. For example, if an official is not allowing physical play and is calling fouls, then you need to adjust if you like to play physical defense. Otherwise, you find yourself on the bench in foul trouble. That is not where you want to be. It's not where your teammates want you to be. And it's definitely not where your coach wants you to be. Now, I understand that this can be tough, especially if you compete in summer basketball and you have been playing a certain way all summer and the officials did not make the same calls. That does not matter. Your mental focus has to change and you need to adjust to the basketball officials. The officials are in charge. They will not adjust to you. Your team needs you on the floor. Also, do not argue the calls. Officials sometimes take this personally. Just raise your hand and move on. Let your coach handle the officials. And finally, the way a game is being called can be to your team's advantage. 
Often a player is too upset to see this. If the game is being called in a way that can be beneficial to your team, use it. Situation 2. Let the basketball go when the official blows the whistle. To avoid injury to yourself, your opponent, and a potential technical foul, let go of the basketball when the official blows her whistle. I have seen players hurt elbows, bump their heads against the floor, and skirmishes break out in these situations. This is completely avoidable. You have done your job to get the tie-up. Tie Move on to the next play. Situation number three. Do not give up your dribble. I often see players take three or four dribbles and then pick up the basketball with no teammate in mind to pass to. This is a potential turnover. Players, this is frustrating for a coach. It can send a signal that you may not know the offense or that you cannot run the offense. You do not want to leave this impression with your coach. Let's say your teammate is supposed to run the baseline and get to the three-point line and you are going to pass her the basketball for a jump shot. She gets jammed by the defender and cannot get to the spot. You pick up your dribble anticipating the pass, but she is not there. Now you have lost your dribble. At all times, you want to keep your dribble alive and always know what you're going to do with the basketball. So in our example, when your teammate can't get free, reverse the basketball to the other side of the floor. This gives your teammate a few more seconds to get free and then you can run the play as designed or another option might open up. The point is you kept your dribble alive and the offense can continue to flow. Situation number, situation number four, saving the basketball under your opponent's basket. Unless you are 100% sure you're going to get the possession, then let it go. I know we've talked about hustling after the basketball, but in the case of saving the basketball under the other team's basket, if it's not to your team's benefit, do not do it. Now, if you cover this situation in practice and it's, and it's a part of what your team does, then follow that strategy by all means. But otherwise, saving the basketball in this situation usually ends up with the other team. Especially when a player attempts to save the basketball and there's no teammate to save it to. I saw this play out exactly a few days ago when I was watching a men's collegiate game between Memphis and South Florida. If it's not to your team's advantage, do not save the basketball under your opponent's basket. Situation number five. Against pressure defense, use the behind the back dribble or the between the legs dribble, not the crossover dribble. Against pressure defense, your opponent is taking up space with their hands, their body positioning, and their feet. You need to create space for yourself. 
The crossover dribble puts the ball in front of your defender where the space is already clogged up. If you have an amazing crossover dribble or the advantage over your opponent, by all means, use your crossover. But if not, then the behind the back dribble or the between the legs dribble should be used to create space and angles between you and the defender. The defender would have to reach in and cross your body to steal the basketball, and that is a foul. Situation number six. Against a double team, use the retreat dribble, change of direction dribble, and then pass the ball. Pass it early. Cut to the open space on the court and look for the ball again. I have watched many plays this season where the ball handler is turning the ball over in this situation. These turnovers often lead to fast break layups and frustration fouls. Get rid of the ball. Trust your teammates to get it back to you. If two defenders are guarding you, then one of your teammates is wide open. Stay in the middle of the floor and away from the sidelines. Attack the area that provides the most space. Now, a word of caution. Be careful using the retreat dribble once you have dribbled over the half-court line into the front court. If you use the retreat dribble and cross back over the half-court line, that is an over-and-back violation and results in a turnover. Coaches, a lot of teams use the run-and-jump trap after the ball gets past half-court. Prepare your players by stimulating this, by simulating this in practice. Players, if you do get caught in this position, there are some avenues of, of escape. First things first, do not panic. Second, stay low and maintain your power. Players often try to, try to pass the ball over the top. But this is difficult when four arms and four hands are blocking your line of vision. Third, look for an opportunity to step through the trap. Many times the defenders will not close the trap properly and you can step through enough to see an open teammate or get a foul called because the defenders tend to reach in this situation since you have broken their trap. Fourth, if you're not able to split the trap, then try to step around the outside of the defender to clear some space. But maintain your pivot foot so you are not called for a traveling violation. Fifth, look for an option to throw the ball off the defender. This is a risk depending on where you are trapped on the court. This is a better option if you are trapped near the sideline versus being trapped in the middle of the court. Six, call a timeout if available, but remember, always know the time score and situation. Finally, do not throw the ball away as this could result in fast break points. As a coach, I would rather take a turnover and get an opportunity to set up my defense versus a player throwing the basketball away 
in a state of panic, resulting in the other team scoring. Situation 7, Offensive Spacing Make sure you have good offensive spacing. This is especially important if you have screening and cutting action in your offense. Good spacing often leads to good offense. Situation 8. Move without the ball, even if your opponent is playing a zone defense. Ball movement and player movement are critical keys to breaking down a zone defense. One pass and then a shot does not generally result in positive long-term results. I witnessed this recently watching a high school boys basketball game. Long jump shots more often than not result in long rebounds for the other team because your teammates are not in a position to block out the defense. You want to make the defense shift. Pass the basketball and move. You will get some good looks at the basket from the perimeter, short corners, and from the baseline. More importantly, you are in a better position to get offensive rebounds. Coaches, take advantage of setting screens against the zone defense. Situation number nine, pack line defense. A lot of teams play pack line defense, which is, which is, which is effective in cutting off drives into the lane. I see players struggle against this defense because they try to use the dribble drive against multiple defenders. Against this, against this defense, work to draw multiple defenders and then pass to the open shooter. Shooters need to make shots against this defense. Situation number 10. Do not leave the ball side shooter. I realize some teams focus on doubling a post player, which is fine. However, in my view, the double team should come from the weak side defender, not from the ball side defender. Unless you are guarding a player who is, abs- who is absolutely no threat to score, or your double team is so good the post player is not able to pass it out, do not leave a ball side shooter. A ball side shooter is an offensive player on the same side of the court as the basketball. Situation 11, help defense. Coaches, teach your players help defense. Over the course of the summer, I saw players guarding their players closely when the basketball was on the other side of the court. If you are guarding a player on the right side of the court, and the basketball is on the left side of the court, then you are the help defender because your player is the furthest from the ball. Your defensive positioning is standing underneath the basketball rim with your back to the baseline so that you can, so that you can help guard against the drive. Now in this position, you can see the player you are guarding and the basketball. As the basketball changes positions, you change position. Help defense is a fundamental basketball skill. It is important that you know and understand help defense. Situation 12. 
move on the flight of the ball. Do not do not get flat-footed on defense. Do not get caught flat-footed on defense. You must have active feet and active hands to disrupt your opponent. Many players move after the opponent has caught the basketball, which is often too late. Players who move on the flight of the ball can get deflections and steals. Finally, situation 13. Make the most out of your playing time. If it's 5 minutes or 20 minutes, do your best. As we wrap up episode 17, we have discussed common game situations and strategies to manage them. These strategies are mental and physical strategies, all of which you can master. You know you can do it, and I know you can do it. Put in the time and the practice. Practice these strategies even if your team does not. You are not hurting your team or yourself by learning new skills. Work in a safe way with teammates or friends to practice these game situations and strategies. Now, I want to let you know that I'm taking a month or so off from the podcast. And when I return, I hope to have some exciting news. But I want you to refer back to your basketball journals and listen to the episodes again to gain new insights. Please know that I am available to you at any time for additional mental training. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Basics in Basketball, which is B-A-S-I-C-N-B-B-A-L, or on Instagram at Basics in Basketball, B-A-S-I-C-S-N-B-A-S-K-E-T-B-A-L-L. May your new year be filled with love, laughter, and joy. I wish you and your families a happy, healthy, and safe new year. And as always, I hope this information has been beneficial. Please join me for the next episode of Basics in Basketball, where athletes get smarter.